Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting, and also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 58, Useful Turkey Hunting Gadgets. And I am your host, the person who is unpacking the hunting closet, getting ready for the opening day of gun deer season in Alabama. We are just getting started and a lot of you are close to getting wrapped up on your gun deer seasons. So I'll be headed out Saturday into the woods with the rifle to see if I can stock the freezer back up with some deer meat. I'm looking forward to it. The other thing that I'm looking forward to is opening day of turkey season in the state of Alabama. And it is 117 days, 9 hours, 13 minutes, and 53 seconds away. What we're going to talk about today on the show is useful turkey hunting gadgets. I have to admit, I'm kind of a gadget freak. I like gadgets. Perhaps it has something to do with the fact that most gadgets are invented by average people with ideas on how to make some product or process better, faster, easier, or more accurate. And I am a big process improvement kind of guy. I really enjoy breaking something down, trying to figure out how I can do it faster or better than I have before. And that's probably one of the reasons why I enjoy turkey hunting so much, because I'm able to analyze and improve on things as I do them while I'm turkey hunting. And I'm not real sure why I like gadgets so much, to be honest with you. Maybe I missed my calling in life and I should have been a double-naught spy. And that is a Beverly Hillbillies Jethro reference. Okay, back to turkey hunting. So since I'm such a gadget freak, and I'm still talking turkeys and technology, I figured this is a great time to talk gadgets and turkey hunting. So I want to talk about a few gadgets that some of you may find useful in the turkey woods. I'm probably not going to shock you with anything, with any new news today, but I just want to get you thinking about some of these things and maybe some alternative uses for them. The first gadget that is becoming pretty popular are these motion decoy stakes. If you've listened to a number of episodes of this show, you know that I don't use decoys very often. The eastern turkeys that I hunt here in Alabama primarily wake up each morning a bit cynical and they go to roost at night downright paranoid. I have scared more turkeys off using decoys than I have ever brought to my gun barrel. I think a large part of the reason for that is that the decoys sit out there motionless. 
Either the turkeys don't see the decoys, or they know that something's rotten because hens don't stay motionless for hours on end. Hens are moving around and gobblers see that. That's how they know they're alive. So over the past few years, some very ingenious people had enough of the same problem that I have with decoys, and they came up with a way to make these decoys have realistic movement. That product or invention is a decoy motion stake. There are several types and manufacturers of them on the market, and I can't give a testimony or a story for any of them because I've never used them before. The use of these motion stakes is against Alabama state law, and so I've never bothered to purchase or test any of them. But in principle, they would seem to work wonders for bringing a wary tom into shotgun range. And I'm not talking about these decoy stakes that you move with a string. These are actually motorized decoy stakes. So to give you an example of one of them that's on the market, Mojo has what they call a shake and jake. And this turkey has a fan that is down when the decoy is turned off. And when you turn the decoy on via the remote control, the fan opens up and the turkey turns like a real strutting turkey does. So there's some pretty good ways to add some life to your decoys out there with these motorized motion decoy stakes. I know that some hunters who use these motion stake systems claim to have pretty good luck using them. So that's something you may want to consider if you're a gadget person like I am. If you have one of these systems and you like it, email me. I'd love to hear about it and hear some of the stories of your success and hear your thoughts about the product. Another gadget that can be very useful while turkey hunting is a rangefinder. And many of us use these rangefinders when we're bow hunting deer or even gun hunting deer in areas where we may take a long shot. But we rarely think to use a rangefinder when we're turkey hunting. There are a lot of turkeys missed each season because we misjudge the distance to the turkey. I'm going to guess that that's probably the second most common reason why we miss turkeys, behind not getting our cheek on the gun stock before we squeeze the trigger. Now think about throwing your rangefinder into the back of your turkey vest after deer gun season and use it to mark off a few trees around your setup. It'll help you to eliminate the guesswork of judging distance and it'll help you to get a visual on your 40-yard perimeter. So when that gobbler steps in front of that sweet gum that you ranged at 42 yards, then you know he's in range, and all you have to do is get your cheek down on the buttstock and squeeze the trigger. I think rangefinders are especially useful while turkey hunting when you are hunting large fields and open areas. It seems to me that it's a lot harder to judge how far off those turkeys are when they're out in the open. So when gun deer season is over, throw that rangefinder in the back of your vest and you'll be ready to go come spring turkey season. Number three, thermosil. This is not really any kind of a technological gadget. And I know I'm not giving you earth-shattering news here, but those things are amazing. They work incredibly well for keeping mosquitoes away from you. And if you're like me, bug spray does the job of keeping mosquitoes off of you but it doesn't stop them from buzzing around your ear and still landing on you for that split second and making your nose itch or making your eyelid itch when that gobbler steps into range. But a thermosil will keep those mosquitoes away from you and give you a nice quiet area around you that is mosquito free. Number four, holographic sights. I have rifle sights on my turkey gun. Those rifle sights get bumped around while I'm hunting and while getting in and out of the truck, 
and I'm always a little bit nervous about whether they're still on and centered or zeroed in. I know about where the front sights should sit on the rib of the barrel of my shotgun. And so I'm constantly checking the sights, especially when I set up on a bird to make sure that they haven't gotten moved. Now I could probably eliminate that concern of shifting or bumped sights if I installed a holographic sight on my gun. What I really like about the holographic sights is that when they're installed properly, they're pretty stable and they're unlikely to get bumped off of zero during your average everyday use. I also like the fact that you can just about shoot around a corner with them. So here's what I mean by that. With a holographic sight on your firearm, your gun does not have to be properly shouldered in order to be lined up and on target. All you have to do with that holographic sight is make sure that that holograph is covering up your target. And if it's covering your target, when you squeeze the trigger of that gun, that is exactly where that gun is aimed. And so you theoretically could hold that shotgun away from you and at an angle. And as long as you could still see the turkey's head and see the holograph and make sure the holograph is lined up with that turkey's head and you squeeze the trigger. And of course, since the gun's not shouldered, you probably want to hang on to it real tight. As long as you've got that holograph and the turkey's head lined up and you squeeze that trigger, your gun's going to shoot exactly where it's aimed. You can't necessarily say the same thing for rifle sights or even a scope on a shotgun. So now that we know that they'll shoot around a corner, another thing that I really like about holographic sights is that you can shoot the best patterning shell out of your shotgun, whether it shoots at zero or not. Here's what I'm talking about with this. So let's say shotgun shell brand number one shoots one and a half feet high and one foot right of where you aim your gun, but it puts 148 pellets in an eight inch circle at 40 yards with no noticeable gaps in the pattern. Now turkey shotgun shell brand number two shoots dead center out of your gun of where you aim and it puts 96 pellets in an eight inch circle at 40 yards with one or two medium-sized gaps in the pattern. Well, if you're shooting rifle sights or beads on your gun, then you're pretty well stuck using shotgun shell brand number two, even though it is not the best patterning shell for your firearm. But with a holographic sight, you've just eliminated that issue because you can change the aim of your gun so that shotgun shell brand number one is patterned in at zero. Those are two reasons why I really like holographic sights. Now, here are some reasons why I don't have a holographic sight on my gun. Number one, the cost. These sights can be very expensive, just like every other product out there. You can spend a little bit of money on one, or you can spend a lot of money on one. I'm not going to say that there's not some good, inexpensive brands out there and some good, inexpensive products out there, but what I am going to tell you is that the higher priced products are good. If you want to spend three to $500 for a top-end holographic sight for your gun so that you can shoot that best patterning shell that may not shoot straight otherwise, then knock yourself out. Another thing that I don't like about holographic sights is that most of them are battery powered. And if the batteries fail during a hunt, you're screwed. Now there are holographic sights without batteries, but again, you're adding to the cost. And these sights that do not have batteries are going to have a certain lifespan on them. They may last 100 years. They may last 100 days. I can't tell you that. 
do your research on them, but batteries are an issue if you buy a battery-powered holographic sight. Number three, power button. Again, remember the battery thing? Can you remember to turn the sight on when you need it and off when you don't? If not, then you're going to find the batteries in your holographic sight are dead when you need them the most. Again, you can eliminate that concern with one of the holographic sights that does not require batteries. This one you can't eliminate. Added weight. I can tell you that my shotgun weighs 74,926 pounds after I've carried it for six hours on an eight mile trek up and down hills. Now adding a half to one pound to the weight of my gun for putting holographic sights on it doesn't accomplish my goal of making that eight mile trek through the woods any easier. I would rather shove another three and a half inch shell in my shotgun than I would carry the added weight of the sight. Another reason that holographic sights may not be right for you. If you are rough on guns and you hunt hard, then holographic sights may not be right for you. Those sights can be bumped off of zero, so you have to be careful with them. They're not as loosey-goosey as the rifle sights on my shotgun, but they have movable parts and they can be moved and bumped off of zero. All right, the last gadget that someone listening to today's show may find useful is not going to sit well with some of you guys, but don't turn off the show and vow to never listen again. I'm asking you to keep an open mind and think about what I'm about to talk about for the uses of this product. Number five, an electronic turkey collar. I can just hear the needle going across the record right now. All right, I only recommend using an electronic turkey collar in a couple of situations. Number one, for a hunter with a hearing impairment who can't hear how a turkey call is supposed to sound and therefore can't imitate it, using an electronic turkey collar is almost the only way that that person is going to be able to participate in our sport. That hunter can set up in a blind on a field edge or a hardwood ridge or bottom with decoys and an electronic collar and kill enough turkeys to fill a freezer each season and still enjoy almost all of a turkey hunt that you and I can, minus the joy of hearing a turkey gobble. So these calls do have a place within our sport. Another situation where an electronic turkey collar can be useful is for a brand new hunter who wants to see if he or she will enjoy the sport before they go out and buy two or three turkey calls and learn how to play those calls to make the sounds that a turkey makes. And if that new hunter goes into the woods alone with an electronic turkey collar and has any sort of beginner's luck experience with a turkey, then he or she should make the time investment and learn to call turkeys without the help of an electronic collar or another hunter. It takes time, it takes practice, patience, and lots of trial and error, as all of us experienced hunters know. But that newbie hunter will get much more enjoyment from the sport by creating their own turkey sounds than they will by using an electronic collar. So, if you are a so-called turkey hunting purist and you still want to turn the show off and never listen again, then I'm going to ask you to do me one favor before you do. Gather up your camoed 12-gauge shotgun with the extra-full turkey choke with your high-vis rifle sights and your camo sling. Gather up your 3.5-inch, your 3-inch, or even those newfangled 2 and 3-quarter-inch heavier-than-lead magnum turkey shells that you shoot. Gather up your mossy oak or real tree or XYZ brand camo suit. 
your knee-high insulated snake boots or rubber boots with the moisture wicking socks. Don't forget to gather up your turkey calls too, your head net and your gloves, and put all that stuff in a big pile in your driveway. Put some lighter fluid on it and set it on fire. Because if you're a true turkey hunting purist, then you'll hunt turkeys with handmade bows, arrows, tips, and a loincloth wearing moccasins and face paint while using your natural voice for calling. I think that once you master that form of turkey hunting, then I think you're allowed to judge the way someone else turkey hunts and decides to call birds in. I want to see other turkey hunters call their own birds in themselves just as much as anyone else. But like I mentioned last week, I won't judge you if you don't do it that way. And I'm asking you guys listening to the show who may be judging to hold off on that judgment as well. All right, I'm off my soapbox. No, wait a minute, I'm not. I'm going to get back on for a second. I'm saying all this today because we ethical hunters have to stick together. We don't need to ridicule or judge someone because they don't do things the way that we do it. If someone hunts differently than you do and you don't necessarily agree with the way that they do it, then invite them to go with you and teach them your way. In return, you let them teach you their way of hunting. You might just open their mind and they might learn something that they didn't know before and say, you know what, you were right, I was wrong. You're doing it a better way than I am. I like your way better. But you know what else? You may see that the tables are turned and that they show you something that you didn't know, and you like their way better than yours. Okay, now I'm done. Now I'm off the soapbox. Another great turkey hunting gadget is the hearing aids. A lot of us who have enjoyed hunting and shooting sports over the years, along with a little bit of loud rock and roll music running through our Walkman stereos back in the day, we are suffering from hearing loss. So those hearing aids that will shut off automatically upon a gunshot can be very helpful when we're trying to locate turkeys. Now I actually have a pair of Walker game ears that I use when I'm deer hunting. I don't use them very much when I'm turkey hunting because they amplify the turkey calls that I make. And when you're running an aluminum pot and peg call, which is loud already, and you're wearing a device that enhances or amplifies that sound, it can really rock your world. So I typically don't wear those when I'm turkey hunting, but my hearing is still pretty decent. So for those of us who do not have really good hearing, these type of hearing amplification devices can be the difference between feeling a turkey tag and not feeling a turkey tag. So For those of us who are out there who may be a little bit vain and can't admit that our hearing is bad, my message to you is get over it. Go buy some of these types of devices. There are several of them out there. It doesn't have to be a Walker's Game Ear device specifically. There are others that are out there, but these things are worth the money. Like I said, I use mine when I'm deer hunting. It is amazing what I can hear in the woods when I'm deer hunting with these things on. It's amazing how much they amplify a turkey that's a half a mile away that's gobbling. And if you wear two of them and have them dialed in correctly on the volume, you're able to pinpoint where that sound comes from and go right to that turkey that's a half a mile away that you never would have heard without the hearing 
amplification device. So, that's another great gadget to have on hand. And yes, those things do eat batteries. I keep a package of batteries in my pocket with me when I use my Walker's game ears, just to make sure that I'm not without. One other very useful gadget for turkey hunting, I've already discussed a couple of times before, but that is a trail camera. I'm not rocking your world here, I know, but we use them all the time for deer hunting. I don't think we use them enough for scouting for turkeys. Put these cameras up on the edges of fields that you suspect turkeys are using. Put them up in hardwood bottoms or hardwood ridges that you suspect turkeys are using. Find out what time of day those turkeys are coming through there. It's a great tool to be able to pattern turkeys. Also, you know, turkeys like to travel roads during certain times of the season. So put them up on a road where you see a lot of turkey tracks or wingtip drag marks. And these cameras have come a long way over the years, as many of you already know. A lot of these cameras will take video with audio to go with it. So sometimes, if you have video of hens, and there's a gobbler with the hens, but the gobbler does not walk in front of the camera, you can still know that there's a gobbler with that group of hens because you'll have audio and you can hear the drumming, or you'll even hear the turkey gobble. Some of these cameras even have the ability to take pictures at set times during the day. Now this is a great function to use on a very large field where turkeys may be using the opposite end of the field and not be close enough to trigger the motion sensor on the camera. But if you have that camera set to take a picture of that field at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., so on and so forth throughout the day, if the turkeys are on the other end of that field at that time when the camera snaps a photo, then you'll know where they are, you'll know what time they're there, and again, it's a great way to pattern the turkeys. And probably the coolest function that these cameras will do today is to email photos to you when it takes the photos. Now, you're going to drop a pretty coin to get a trail camera with that functionality, but to me, paying $300 for a trail camera, when I don't have to take time out of my day to make a special trip, to check the card on my game cameras, and I have those images emailed to me, the difference in an $80 trail camera and a $300 trail camera is really a drop in the bucket. Now, you'll also have to get cell service for those cameras, which is an additional expense. But I think that once you use one or two of those, you'll find that they're worth their money. So put those game cameras out prior to and during turkey season as well and use them for scouting. It's another great set of eyeballs in the woods for you when you cannot be there. All right, that's all I've got for you this week. But before I sign off and let you go for the week, I'm going to ask you to do a few things for me again. Number one, please forward and share the show on social media and email a link to the show to all of your turkey hunting buddies out there. Heck, email the link to all of your hunting buddies anyway, whether they turkey hunt or not. We want more people in the sport. And the only way to do that is to get them interested in it and invite them to go. The second thing, if you haven't already done so, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher Radio, and leave a five-star rating and review. Number three, subscribe to the show. You can do that in iTunes very easily. And number four, be sure to tune in next week. You know, next week's show is going to be released on Turkey Day. What could be more appropriate than listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast on Turkey Day? Man, this is a great country. 
Oh, by the way, next week's episode will be the final episode in the Turkeys and Technology series. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will see you again with a couple of deer hunting stories next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.